Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. Yo, yo, yo. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. I can't see you. I mean, that's ah, not a thing, but... You, you want to see me as well? <laughs> you sure? Just so, just so you can see me giving you the middle finger. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, good. So, I can't remember the last time we did a solo podcast. It feels like... At least a year. Yeah, maybe Christmas. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyways. Um, I think when, when we thought, oh, no, around the time, I think it was around the time of the first lockdown, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Was- but uh, anyway, this is, uh, I guess for the listeners, you're probably thinking, what the hell is this one going to be all about? But uh, it, it's kind of, a. I mean, you know, if you're not listening in Australia, maybe sort of haven't been as aware, but we've been in you know, this crazy lockdown for, what, is it three months now? Be just over three uh, months soon? Over three, three months. So I think it was sort of late, late, was it? Late June. Yeah, late June. So what are we now? July, August, September, sort of three to four months heading there. I don't know how I'm going to go back to work. I know. Well, that's, that's sort of what this podcast is about. We want to try and summarize what the hell has been happening. I know that we've obviously touched on it with our different guests, but from yeah. a personal perspective, I don't think we've really yeah. given a flavor of what we've been doing <laughs> well, or think, not doing. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to consider myself pretty privileged in a lot of ways. The fact that, you know, I've got plenty of space. Um, I'm not in an industry well, actually, I am in an industry that's been that's been really, really affected. But I guess you know some people are doing it pretty tough with mm. you know large families and really small homes and you know in each other's pockets and faces all the time um, yeah. would be very, very stressful. So I think that even though it's been annoying for me, it's not annoying compared to what a lot of other people have been struggling with. To be yeah, honest, so, I, I've kind of flipped in and out of that mindset of like, you know, life isn't too bad. I've got a nice house and my kids are okay and we're not sick. And, you know, you can kind of try and be very positive, but at the same time, I think it's okay to say, wow, this is pretty shit still. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, well, everyone's reality is, is, is real to them, you know? So even though someone else might be doing it really tough or much tougher than you, doesn't mean that you're not feeling the effects of what you're going through. So I think it's, yeah, you don't want to be you, you don't want to feel like you're whinging about things because compared to other people, it's not so bad. But at the same mm. time, I think it's important to acknowledge and accept that your reality is can be pretty tough too. And just because it's different for someone else doesn't mean that you're not struggling. Well, yeah. And, and your reality is the only thing you do know. So you just yeah. have to deal with yeah. your own life experiences and your job yeah. and your family. So yeah. well, how's it been for you? Because you've got, you've got kids at home and you know they're not at school yet. So you're not doing you know, homeschooling, which would have been, I'm sure, very interesting. Yeah, look, um, my kids are still little, so they're not at school, but they're both at the same daycare. And thank God. And if if they're ever listening to this, thank you for staying open. Yeah. Um, but, you know, joking aside, not just to sort of 
save us from you know the carnage of of sort of entertaining them but they need to feel like their life is normal as well and if we get out of this you know of this lockdown and nothing sort of significant happens in the future my kids might never remember the lockdown or or covid that i mean that would be amazing if if they don't yeah remember much about it the the only thing it's quite cute my daughter thinks that everyone is a doctor because they're all wearing masks oh right she thinks everyone's doctors so um that's a cuter way of us explaining why everyone's wearing masks instead of saying yeah there's this deadly virus going yeah yeah she knows that daddy's a doctor (laughs) you were saying yeah kids might not be able to remember this but do you hear there's a couple of examples in the media people were like naming their kids like covert and corona why would you do that what is wrong with you why would you Oh, look, there's some special people out there, mate. Yeah. It's um, like, not like there's any shortage of possible names to give to a child. You want to call them after a pandemic. Yeah, stick to like Rainbow or Sky yeah. or something nice. Yeah. How's it been <laughs> um, with your missus? I want to get too personal with you, but I mean, oh, look, sometimes she, relationships are good when you have a little bit of distance, you know, so. Do you know um, what? It's been, I, won't, I won't go into the details because she doesn't want me to share with them, but she had a big operation about yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it was elective, it wasn't an emergency, but um, it was medically necessary. Um, and we'd put that off for about a year, 18 yeah. months, because mm-hmm. of all this drama of in and out, in and out, don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so it's kind of been the weirdest but best time to do this. You know, I've, I've been at home. Uh, we would never have had the support at home to help her. She still sort of needs a bit of help now. Um, and so, yeah, so like it, it's kind of been a weird, huge positive because she has felt supported. She hasn't felt stressed. I've felt like, you know, the only person that can do this properly is me. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been able to afford to sort of pay someone to do, you know, half the stuff that we've needed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like there's there's always a silver lining in the clouds, as they say. But um, yeah, from yeah, obviously from a professional perspective, it's been shit for me. Um, you know, I haven't picked up a needle since the end of June. But you know, every injector around the world has gone through this, so I am not unique. Um, yeah. I've sort of had to, you know, focus on the podcast yeah. and you know, and sort of communicate to my patients and trying to work towards some sort of reopening, which we think is coming soon. Well, yeah, that's what they that's what they tell us. But um, there's been a few false sort of, well, I wouldn't say false promises, but moving goalposts, maybe let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but my frustration for the first, you know, two of the three months, if not longer, was, you know, was the, was the not knowing. It's yeah. Now we have a goalpost that seemingly is going to happen. I'm, yeah. I'm much more relaxed. Uh, I'm motivated. I'm speaking to my patients. I'm planning everything in the background. Whereas before, I was just flapping around, watching the news every day, going, well, pff, what am I doing today? I just, I just found it very hard to motivate myself to do anything. I'm sure you had the same. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm lucky I've got like hobbies that keep me busy and a solo and take your mind off things. And and my partner's still been working because she works in the hospital system. So it's sort of been semi-normal in some ways, but there's always the fear of what's going to happen when things go back because it was pretty tough last time. Mm. And it wasn't for anywhere near the length of time of this podcast, of this lockdown. But you know, people form habits pretty quickly. What they say, 21 days to form a habit. We've had like three, three and a bit months of not working. Yeah. Um, and, you know, while I know the government is doing their best to try and, you know, sort out the economy and people's health, and there's lots of, lots of difficult challenges that they're facing, there's been some interesting decisions that have been made that are, I think are going to really impact small business. 
um, in respect of, you know, a lot of the job keeper or job seeker payments, I don't even know what they're called now, that it's become <clears throat> for some people almost more lucrative to not work than to work the way the system yeah. sort of worked itself out. And I know that probably wasn't done, in, hopefully wasn't, wasn't done intentionally, but people, I mean, I can understand that. Why would you want to get up and go to work if you can earn similar, sometimes, and in some instances, even better, especially for people that are working part-time than going to work. So I, I mean, it's going to be tough depending on how long those payments run for and, and so on. So there's a lot of unknowns. You've, you've mentioned that on a few podcasts where, you know, not, picking any particular people, but you think that people might be demotivated to work because they've been given a handout. I mean, personally, I'm so frustrated that I can't do anything. I, I would work for less if I could just get out of the house yeah. and do something. So why would you know a 20-year-old who, who works in a clinic not want to work? I find that hard well, to understand. Well, I think particularly in this industry, and Maria um, Cocciolone, who was on our previous podcast last week or the week before, or the week week's before. the same at the moment, <laughs> um, was talking about the fact that a lot of people from this industry are leaving yeah. um, this beauty industry because they seem to be the first people to get locked up when this sort of thing happens and then the last people to go back to work. So, But what's your experience within your clinic and your network? Like what are your you know, colleagues saying who are owning clinics? Yeah, similar. No one knows, especially in, in sort of the chain clinic that I'm involved in, which is a high volume model and all these restrictions around the number of people you can have in your clinics. And then, gosh, I mean, you know, the whole vax versus non-vax debate. And, you know, I don't want to get into, into that because, mm -hmm. you know, you say the wrong thing and you, <laughs> you get executed or you get pulled. So I'll keep my opinions on that to myself. But um, there is going to be some conflict, I think, between the vaxxed and the, and the, and the non-vaxxed. And then can you force your staff to get it? Can you not? What's right? What's wrong? What happens if clients only want to be treated in places that have everyone there that are fully vaccinated? So what do you do? Do you like, I don't know what the answer is. There isn't really, unless I'm behind the eight ball, which I don't think I am in relation to this. There hasn't been any really clear plan on how we sort of navigate our way through this because I don't know how you force people to get vaccinated who don't want to be. And I understand patients who don't want to put themselves in what they would consider a risky environment. So how does a business survive that? If you can't force your staff to be vaccinated and they don't come to work and you've got clients who don't want to attend your business unless everyone is vaccinated, then how do you get through that? I mean, how do you, you're in a, you're in a catch 22 because you're not going to have enough staff to treat the, treat the patients that want to come through. So, yeah. I mean, not, yeah, we, we've done a vaccine episode yeah. and we don't want to sort of go into that, but it seems to me that the younger demographic, particularly sort of, you know, late teens, twenties, they're particularly concerned about the vaccine, yeah. which is why you're suffering as a clinic owner because you can't potentially get the staff because they don't want yeah. a vaccine. Yeah, so that that between that and people wanting to leave the industry and then I think there's also been an element of people, and maybe this is a good thing, looking at their lives generally and saying, why am I working so hard? Why am I working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week? I don't want to do that with my life. I'm happy to work with less money and be happier and have more time to myself. So I think this has given people the ability to hop off the hamster wheel, so mm. to speak, and not be in that, you know, adrenaline sort of pumping mode where you're just sort of powering through because that's all you know. I think it's given people a chance to reassess. So I think you're going to see people wanting a more of a, I'm hearing a lot of people wanting more work-life balance following this. Well, I was thinking about it in our last episode with Lizzie, we were talking about recruitment and stuff yeah. and, you said that, you know, you often get CVs from people mm -hmm. who have no 
background in, in skin or beauty or laser or anything else. So maybe those people have kind of thought, do you know what? Maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe it's not worth, you know, coming in every day to, to not be passionate about something. Maybe they have realized and maybe it's a good thing longer term where those people find a career that they really want to do. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse than doing a job that you, that you, that you uh, don't like or you're not passionate about. And I think a lot of people fall into careers just by happenstance or by chance. And then before they know it, they're doing a job that they're not really super happy about. And then it's sort of hard to get out because a lot of people, you know, I think in general, we become pretty apathetic with our lives and you just sort of get almost resigned to the fact that this is how it is. And then you just don't ever, I guess, build up enough, um, intestinal fortitude to make those big lifestyle changes. They're, they're big things to do. People don't like change. Humans don't like change in, mm. any, in any great degree. So I guess there's that all that fear as well of, of, of sort of being forced into the unknown. But as you know, we've been forced to do that. So now people have had that opportunity to sort of have that circuit breaker. Yeah. One thing I wanted the, the listeners to sort of have some insight in was as how this lockdown's affected us as a podcast. Mm. Yeah. Um, I remember when you know the lockdown was announced we had quite a lot pre-planned i mean we, we, you know sometimes we're adaptable and a bit flexible we had a lot of content planned with particular brands or guests or whoever and suddenly it just fell to pieces yeah um yeah. you know marla our new producer she's been with us closer to six months now i reckon At least. um wanted to shout out to marla she's been great sort of both from an organizational perspective but also i guess a strategy perspective but um yeah, just fell to pieces. And we've been scrambling, to be honest, almost week to week um, to try and get content out there. And if you guys have kind of been wondering, well, it seems slightly different. There's no sexy, injectable podcast. What happened to the Steve Harris's and the Julie Horns? Well, it will be coming, but it, it just hasn't been easy for us to sort of get those guests on to talk about when half of our country's closed down. Yeah. So if you are listening in the States thinking, well, hmm, this podcast seems a bit different. We've done a lot of businessy, COVIDy, strategy, sort of self-help, I guess, topics because that's been relevant to our core listener who's kind of stuck, unfortunately. Yeah. So sorry if it feels like we've sort of I hate the word pivot, pivoted slightly. Yeah. You know, we'll be repivoting back when we open up again. And yeah. you know, even just like today, we're having to zoom. I can't be in the studio. I I personally I hate doing it from home. I think my mic quality is crap. Um, you still sound good, thank God. But, um, you know, I've, I've often got kids running around sort of outside and it's just not relaxing. It's quite stressful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's something that gets lost certainly in the, um, in the digital communication sort of method of Zoom. I mean, nothing beats being in, that, in the same room as people and feeling the energy and having no delays. And, you know, you pick up a lot. I mean cameras to a certain extent yeah for sure but there's something about that the real in 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 person experience that you just can't can't sort of replicate and yeah it, it has been tough because you know we, as you said our call listeners in australia and you know they probably they're not in the mind in the in the headspace to be sort of having those discussions a lot of companies that we were going to be having on as you said have had to just put a pause on everything. So it certainly has has thrown a spanner in the works for sure. But, you know, we've been having some discussions around, you know, the direction that we want to move into the future. And, you know, there was a survey that you put together and sent out and we got some good feedback in there. And we've had a couple of discussions with some of our 
listeners and, and, you know, particularly, you know, shout out to Miranda Pierce and, and Rana Kennelly who've given us their time um, to just talk about the podcast and what they think we should be doing in the future and what's working and what's not. And because, you know, we sort of started this thing and it's sort of grown and we've started to explore different topics that we probably never envisaged that we were going to talk about in the beginning. So had an opportunity to get some feedback and, and sort of plan a bit more direction moving forward and, and have a bit more of a strategy rather than, Hey, that's a cool conversation. Let's yeah. just, let's just throw it out there and, and see if it sticks. And so, yeah, you know, and we'll put our hands up and say, sometimes we've done topics that have really hit the mark and other times less. So I guess one of the useful things about the lockdown is I've had a chance to, to really look at some of the statistics, like the real deep kind of nerdy stuff. And it's interesting, like there's a stat on Apple podcasts um, where you can look at the consumption or average consumption of each podcast. So we have a better idea of, you know, what is capturing your attention rather than just, you know, how many did you download? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we have said it in the past, but maybe we've crystallized the fact that our injectors, sorry, our listeners are injectors yeah. or mainly, I'm not saying everyone is. And of course we have some consumers and some people in pharma and, you know, around the peripheries of the industry. But I think we're going to just try and slightly tighten up on our core podcast. We'll still do some, you know, diverse, diverse podcasts. And if we're going to talk about wellness, it will somehow be looped a little bit more specifically to how does that relate back to aesthetics? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just trying to tighten up on, on what we do to make the podcast, I guess, more relevant. Yeah. Um, you know, we're always trying to make things better if we can. Yeah. Well, and one of the, the um, pieces of feedback that we got was the um, what people enjoy in terms of the conversations about personal stuff. So yes. who these people are, what makes them tick, what was the industry like when they entered it, just all the, the sort of personal anecdotes and stories and challenges that um, I guess for some, sometimes you take the sort of so caught up on wanting to get to you know, the crux of the conversation or the technical um, element of the discussion. And, and sometimes we maybe have sort of fast forwarded through a lot of that stuff that's sort of, it's like when you're watching a movie, right? If you they talk about good character development, you know, understanding who these people are. And so you develop a rapport or, you know, you start to feel like you know them a little bit by mm. having those extended pieces of, of discussion that sort of delve into that personal stuff. So we're definitely going to take that on board and, and start exploring that stuff a little bit. We've thrown around a few ideas like injector diaries and, you know, trying to identify who the top injectors are around the globe and having discussions with them about, you know, who they are, what makes them tick, how they've been successful, how they sort of position themselves in their respective markets, what their challenges are, you know, their fears, you know, all those sorts of things just to try and, as you said, because the core listener is injector. So let's, you know, let's explore all, all around the world and see what's working for the people that are doing it the best. Yeah. I have to credit you for the the catchphrase injector diaries. I quite like that title. So yeah, I think we'll, um, we won't just reach out to big injectors. We'll try and find any injector that's got a good story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, find out what makes them tick. Why do they use you know, the products that they choose. Um, tell us about your worst complication, your bad, your worst day, all that kind of stuff, I think is really good story for injectors. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, particularly in Australia where a lot of injectors are going out on their own now. And I'm, I'm not sure what that landscape looks like in places like the United States, for example, or how many are, how many injectors are out there sort of, you know, in their own small little practices. And I think that sometimes you can feel quite alone 
Um, it's a competitive space. So the more that we can sort of share and and bring people together and, and make them realize that the industry is big enough for everyone. And if we can all share from what works and what doesn't work, there's, it can only make things better um, for sure. And, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that we discussed with Miranda and Rana was that we probably need to little, be a little bit more comfortable asking people to, you know, share the podcast, um, come back to us with feedback if there's something that you like or you don't like or a guess that you think would be great. Like we certainly don't have all the answers and we, you know, are only here in, in Sydney, Australia, which by, you know, world standards is quite small in terms of, a, of communities, particularly injectable communities. So the more that you guys can sort of engage with us and, you know, we understand and appreciate everyone's busy, but, you know, if you've got something to say that, that we think is, it will be good for us to take on board or, as I said, like a guest, give us a shout. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I think uh, when I was looking at the stats and and speaking to you know individual people through DMs and stuff, it was interesting but maybe obvious that not everyone listens to every episode. So they'll dip in, they'll dip out. You know, some topics will resonate and some won't. So if you like, if you want more of something, tell us. You know, yeah. if you think that there's an amazing guest that we haven't explored or a topic that we haven't done right or we haven't gone deep enough with, tell us and we'll, we'll reach out and try and find those people. Um, you know, I know everyone's busy, like you said, and you know, we didn't have that many surveys back. We had enough to sort of get an insight into what our average listener sort of thinks. And I think we definitely saw some themes, some things that we could do better. So thanks, you know, if you did reply, but I'll, I'll leave the survey there. If you guys, you know, are listening to this and you're thinking, do you know what, I really do want to get my message out about what I want IA to be for me, then just do the survey or just send us a DM or send it to me. If you don't want to send it to, you know, um, the podcast, um, or David, just, you know, tell us how you want us to steer this and make it better. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting sort of time, uh, sort of trying to adapt the podcast when I can't remember the last time I saw you in the studio. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time. We plan to do a, a refurb. We're going to get some yeah. new seats and a nice, sexy coffee table. None of that's happened. No, well, we got rid of the couch. So we've got a lot more room here now to play. And I think we've got the cameras sorted out that, you know, we need to get this videography sorted. We're recording all of this content. Yeah, I think we've been yeah. speaking about videography since episode three. I know. Well, we've had a lot of false <laughs> starts. We've had people that we thought were going to be able to do the job. And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. So. Yeah, you, do you know, know if you're listening and you yeah. know a decent videographer in Sydney who is potentially able to work with podcasters, please tell us. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely engage them and have a chat. Yeah. I mean, does it need to be someone in Sydney? We've got all the equipment set up. I mean, I don't know. If, if someone amazing is overseas, I don't know if, we, if it still works or not. I mean, do they... What do you think, Jake? I don't know enough about this. I don't know. I mean, we've got... Like you said, we've got the equipment. Uh, it's all seemingly working, but we need someone to sort of you know, start chopping things up and uh, getting it appropriate for YouTube. But what we're not trying to do is just replicate the whole podcast on YouTube. What we want to do, and, you know, just to be brutally honest, is sort of grow our listenership or viewership by having some key highlights of each podcast on YouTube. And yeah, and tap into a, a listener who's never come across us and yeah. potentially grow the podcast that way. So, you know, if you are a regular listener in your car with your kids, then you might never sort of, you know, care about the videos. Yeah. Well, the videos are good. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a big YouTube watcher, so it knows what I like to watch and the algorithm does its thing and it sends me more of the stuff that, that I like. So, you know, you'll, you'll find that um, if you're getting, well, for me personally, I'll see like little clips of, of certain um, podcast discussions that'll come up on my YouTube feed and I'll watch like a five minute video and I'll be like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm actually going to listen to that 
yeah. hunt down that actual episode and listen to it because you just got so much content out there now. So much content with like on anything that you could ever imagine since the dawn of time, there's a podcast on or there's a piece of content on or a YouTube video or a documentary that that's coming up. So, you know, the more that um, we can, I guess, let people know that we're here, um, the more the more we're going to have at our disposal to make the podcast even bigger and better. When we've asked our listeners when they listen to our podcast, but when do you listen to your podcast? Uh, I listen to it in the car. I listen to it when I'm going for a walk on my own or doing some exercise or I'll a lot I'll listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm sort of working on a, on a tree or you know, a bonsai and just sitting down there and you know listening to it in the background so sometimes I don't take everything in but it's just a nice you know sort of little uh, a little yeah just something entertaining in the background while I'm thinking about things but there's I'm subliminally sort of taking in information so I find it's it's, it's quite a good time to catch up on podcasts that I like listening to especially like I'm listening to a lot of history podcasts at the moment Mm. which has been super interesting. So you sort of, yeah, it's it's sort of sometimes you um, you forget uh, like how much human history there is and, and what things have transpired on this planet and the different battles that have been fought and, and the different strategies that have been around for a really long time that see themselves replay in, in, in modern day times as well. So that's been pretty interesting for me is, is trying to brush up on my, on my world history. That's what I've done with a lot of my spare time is listening to that. I struggle to even get the time to uh, listen to our own podcast so I can edit it. I mean, you know, give you some background into what happens. So David, as soon as we finish this, David will upload the files into Dropbox. I will jump on as soon as I've got a spare hour and a half and literally listen through again and again and again. You know, and I'm not trying to make it perfect, but if there's a bit of a, I mean, just now this will be edited out, but we, we had an internet delay and I had to run downstairs and reboot my router. So all that stuff will be edited out. Uh, and it all sounds so seamless, but the actual editing and recording process takes way longer than what you're actually listening to. How long do you reckon so, it takes to do a full podcast? How many hours do you think in terms well, of we've, total we've, man we've hours? thrown out a figure of six hours. I reckon it's more sometimes. I mean, literally from you and I and Marla coming up with an idea. We'll talk about it in WhatsApp for you know a week, reach out to a guest. Often there's some back and forth with emails and then WhatsApps. Then we'll obviously eventually come to the Zoom and sometimes we have a prep, a preparation Zoom. So uh, we'll have a, a future guest on who's coming on in a few weeks. We had a prep a Zoom with her just two days ago, which is great. Actually, you do establish a rapport and it's much nicer and you test your equipment, but it's another half an hour <laughs> of yeah. your time to that podcast that doesn't even get shown. Yeah. Um, you know, And then a recording can take an hour and a half, an hour and three quarters by the time we've actually you know, done everything. Uh, your uploads, depending on your internet speed, can take a day or an hour. Just depends. <laughs> yeah, you've got to convert the files over and then um, you know put them in the right format so that um, our system can recognize them and our editor can do what he needs to do. So yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of fluffing around for sure. Yeah, and all the uploading and the writing of descriptions and and so, oh, on. so just doesn't stop. But yeah, uh, you the know, conversations are easy part. Having a chat is is very very easy, but yeah, it it, it does take time and. Uh, I guess with this lockdown and not having, you know, the guests that we we planned and the topics that we planned, it's become a a real scramble. Well, I feel mm -hmm. it has. I don't know how you feel. Oh, for sure. But um, yeah, you sort of. Um, but you know, in, in every sort of you know situation like this, it sort of, in some ways, gives you an opportunity to to reflect and and look at how we can do things differently. So whilst that's been true, I think that we've had some pretty meaningful discussions and and realizations that we've come to as to where 
we want to move the podcast um, into the future and the sort of topics that we want to discuss and the initiatives that we want to, uh, and aside from videography, which has been an initiative we've been wanting to do since the beginning. But I think that, um, yeah, we definitely, um, we're definitely reaching that, that stage where it's grown to become a lot bigger than just like a little fun project on the side where it's actually taking up significant hours and wanting to get that listener base to like the next level and being able to, you know, let's be honest. I mean, everyone does things um, because, well, hopefully they do things first and foremost because they love them and they're passionate about them. At the end of the day, you know, time's important. You can't make any more time in your life. So we need to get to a position where we can, you know, in some ways make this, um, you know, financially rewarding for us to be able to continue to put in more and more effort and and more resources because everything that we've sort of made out of it now, we've just plowed back into you know, equipment and, you know, initiatives and prizes and, and so on and so forth to try and continue to grow it. So I think we're sort of reached that, that sort of that point now where we sort of got to take that leap to the next level. If we want it to really, you know, if we want to get to Joe Rogan status, which surely is not that far away. <laughs> I don't think there'll be ever be. <laughs> Maybe we could, uh, I think our next target, if we can get to a solid 20 to 30,000 downloads every month, that would be, the next big step for us. We're, we're hitting 15 regularly. I, admittedly, this month's been a funny month. Um, I think even for me, the shift in my mindset of, ah, oh, we're in the middle of a deep lockdown to, oh my God, we're going to open soon. Yeah, It's been um, weird. Like I feel like my energy has changed in a positive way, but now my mind is on getting ready for business and working. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and obviously, uh, kids who are still being homeschooled, a lot of our listeners listen in the car and they're not driving anywhere. They're locked down. Mm -hmm. So even, um, our downloads have suffered, uh, as a result of this lockdown, because people have weirdly less meaningful time to actually relax and, you know, listen to their podcast. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, when you're homeschooling and, you know, you're not in your normal routine, it's difficult. Um, to sort of keep up the things you ordinarily do when you're sort of going about normal life and there isn't this sort of stuff happening. So we definitely, we can sort of see it in, in the downloads when you can sort of see when certain things are happening. And, and in some ways you can sort of correlate people's mindsets to to the download numbers. So we always sort of look at them pretty closely and, and, and it gives us some some clues as to where people's heads are at, which is quite interesting. But how are you, co- how are you managing to... Um, reopen like you i know you've been pretty inundated with with messages and people wanting to make bookings and so yeah it's um well it's certainly going to be crazy busy that 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 is for sure and i'll give you some numbers in a sec but at the start um i you know we didn't know how long this is going to be and truthfully i think i said it on, on the podcast before when the first two week lockdown was announced i was secretly quite happy yeah. <laughs> because not not happy that we're in a lockdown or we had COVID, but I, last year was such a, I mean, a great year in the end, financially and, and business-wise. Yeah. You know, we had our first lockdown in 2020, which was also three months. Yeah. And we emerged from that not really knowing what would happen. And it was, you know, from all injectors that I know's perspective, the greatest year they've ever had. Right. Um, you know, but the, the downside was we had to compress 12 months of work into nine months. Mm-hmm. So we worked our nuts off, or I did at least. And, and it was great. I'm not complaining. But in, you know, at some point, that, that level of um, you know, working capacity can't be sustained. So I was tired. 
Um, and here, the end of the tax year is July. So we almost locked down at the end of the tax year. And I could sort of look at my year and say, wow, nine months work, but it was worth like, you know, 15 months of injecting. But this time around, um, again, we had that sort of lack of clarity of what's happening. And yes, everyone was texting and emailing, which is great. You know, you feel valued and, and you know that your patients are waiting for you, but it's just frustrating. And at the start, because I didn't know that this would last three or four months, I just rebooked everyone and said, hey, you know, I'll see you in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it may be. And I did that two or three times. <laughs> And obviously, we the goalposts kept on changing. And then I made a decision about I don't know a month ago. I wrote to everyone, and said I'm not I'm not rebooking you now. We're just going to wait for a clear date. Mm. And I found that lack of clarity really frustrated people. I got more messages and a bit more um, niggly sort of um, back and forths with, well, what do you mean, and and so on. So then I sort of went back on my word and said, okay, I'll just I'll just rebook you all again. And I think. You know, I was talking to my wife yesterday. She's trying to make an appointment for hair. And obviously, they're in the same boat as us. No hairdressers can be open until we open. And most of that sort of injury industry haven't given anyone dates. They've just said, oh, you'll be rebooked whenever we open. Mm. And whilst you know you're going to see someone, you don't have any clarity of when. Yeah, I don't think people mind knowing that it might have to be moved. Yeah, But if you don't have any goalpost or carrot, it's just more frustrating, I think. Yeah. Well... So, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like to be pessimistic, but, you know, I'm staying pretty close to what's happening in the world, particularly in relation to COVID. I mean, what Singapore's about to go back into lockdown again, they've got 80% vaccination. And, you know, I'm not here to say the vaccine works or it doesn't work. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, it's pretty concerning when you've got that level of people vaccinated and they're heading back into lockdowns. And Singapore, from what I understand, have taken a pretty pragmatic approach to all of this. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at all the different, you know, extremes around the world where, you know, people, countries like Sweden doing nothing versus, you know, uh, in Australia here where we've been pretty, pretty tough, especially in the last sort of three months. So that's a little bit concerning, but I don't know whether you've sort of looked at that at all and had any thoughts. Well, it, I think every, forget country, every city is unique. And obviously yeah. Singapore is a strange place because it's just a little island and it's, very densely populated and yes you're right i mean you know vaccines you know have always been sort of sold to us you know not that i'm against them i'm, I'm super pro them but they've been sold to us as the only way out and yet you know there have been other countries with with different strategies and i just think it depends on the local health infrastructure and where people live and the culture and how people interact and so forth i mean i was speaking to iman who we had on from sweden oh, yeah. quite a while ago and she was joking, but it's true. She just said that Swedish people were by and large pretty antisocial. They keep themselves to themselves. They form orderly queues. You don't have to tell people to do anything. They just do it. And yep. so social distancing is just built into the fabric of, of the society. Yeah. Uh, and and no one gives a crap. Whereas yeah. you know, in other countries, they're all over each other. Well, and, and, you know, it's just different. <laughs> well, the Bondi Beach last weekend, you know, <laughs> yeah. all just on top of each other. Like, yeah, literally. Thousands. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and yes, you know, we've, we've plucked this arbitrary figure of 70, 80 or 90% even, but that still means that 10% or one in 10 is walking around mm. unvaccinated, uh, and, you know, and still people who are vaccinated get a small percentage who get sick or die, a small mm. percentage. So there's going to be a strain on our system for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I think you've championed it all along. You said, well, the, the flip side of the coin is, well, if we don't open up, 
What about all the economic fallout, mental health fallout, just, you know, life fallout? We have to balance something somewhere. Yeah, it's, you know, you're sort of choosing between the lesser of two evils, which is never an an easy proposition and and never easy to make those decisions. So, yeah, I think that... um, I don't think that the you know the, the mental health numbers and the suicide numbers have sort of been largely circulated. I certainly haven't seen any sort of headline news about them, and I think that's probably being downplayed a little bit as to what that's going to look like. And I think the government's been very careful to try and keep a positive spin on everything in terms from an economic perspective. But as I said, everything is connected, mm. so uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're more more resilient than what even I than what I hope for, and everything's going to be fine. But yeah, it's um, there's a lot of different factors that are going to play into how we how we sort of fare um, after this all happens. But you know, I do hope that um, you know one of the takeaways is um, for for all for all of us, and certainly it's made it more um, front of mind for me is just people taking responsibility for their own health yeah. a little bit more, just in terms of you know the food they're putting in the body, the amount of sleep they're getting, you know their general stress levels, you know where they're getting their food from. They're getting enough vitamin D. Are they drinking enough water? Like all these simple things that you can do that increase your body's ability to fight, you know, illnesses and and whatever else. I hope that, you know, I hope that people have sort of um, recognised that it's a really important factor. It's not just about vaccines. Vaccines are important and and following all the, you know, the health guidelines from the professionals. But you know, all those things that we can do for ourselves are, are super important. Yeah, I think we've discuss some of this stuff when we yeah. had Vinny on our sort of integrative doctor that we yeah. had on. I think our public system does very well at acute emergency stuff. You know, yeah. you need an operation because you've been stabbed. Awesome. You need a hospital. You need a surgeon. Yeah. Or you need a vaccine because there's a deadly virus. Awesome. There's a vaccine. But we we certainly don't um, teach, educate, or or even understand fully wellness and like you said nutrition and just simple things that you know forget covid just you know just improving your quality of life and and your longevity of life you you and i bounce around ideas all the time about all this stuff and i actually think we're probably going to end up doing maybe i don't know if we'll do a one-off or a series of sort of more anti-aging podcasts yeah for sure Um, because it's Mm. just so Wow. interesting but also relevant to to aesthetics yeah well we won't go into specifics because it's a little bit of a surprise but that conversation that you and i had earlier this week with that certain person from that certain company um <laughs> for the discussion that we're going to have around you know the future of um you know injectables um from from a certain perspective and what the future holds and, and where they're going and we sort of you know realized that you know cosmetic injectables and then this whole anti-aging from a cellular level sort of on a collision course to a certain extent like there is going to be probably a union of the two in the in the way that anti-aging and and sort of wellness are sort of treated because they're all and that's sort of what we've discovered through all of the various discussions you know over 140 discussions we've had now we sort of started to realize that all of this stuff is really really interrelated um and um you know you were saying to me at some stage you said well everyone if no one gets old i won't have a job and i said well no your job's going to be easier (laughs) think about the amazing results you're going to be able to deliver with people who've got perfect skin canvases and all the right structures in place and you could put a filler in a spot and you know it stays there it's not going to it's not going to you're not dealing with paper thin skin and 
you know, bone bone recession and all these sorts of things. So I think, you know, it's exciting what's going to happen. Then your job is just on yeah. enhancement. You don't have to worry about all the other factors that you're going to be battling from person to person with, with aging uh, anatomy. Yeah, it'd be who knows when this, these technologies yeah. will, will, you know, it's one thing to have a theory and to play with some mm-hmm. cells in a Petri dish, but actually yeah. have something actionable where it might be deliverable in a clinic like yourself or yeah. through me oh, or yeah. I, who knows? Well, you know, it's, um, we're moving, we're moving at an exponential rate. So things are happening more quickly today than they were yesterday and they'll be more quicker again tomorrow than they are today. So who knows? I mean, people are saying 10, 20 years, maybe it's going to be sooner. Who knows? I mean, look, if there's enough money in it and it's safe, you better believe it's it's going to get rolled out quickly because the, you know, the, um, the scope for people interested in those sorts of treatments, even if you don't care about the way you look in terms of cosmetic enhancements, just wanting to feel, you know, like you did when you were younger and, and being able to reverse not just slow down is a really exciting proposition to basically every every human being probably on the planet. So I can't imagine that they wouldn't be trying to get this through as quickly as as possible. Hey, we did a vaccine in 12 months that no one thought was possible. So, you know, if enough people want to move in the same direction at the same time with the same goals, anything's possible potentially. Wow. Look, again, not to get into the depth of it, but I think (laughs) these vaccines were being developed for many, many, many years. And that's how they rolled them out so quickly, but um, yeah, sure. there's a lot of cool stuff and we'll, we'll definitely touch on it with our upcoming guest, Stephanie Manson-Brown. Oh, you, you got the, I was trying to be secretive there. I thought I was going to get in trouble for letting it out, but you did it. So oh, you, look, better you yeah. than me. That's all right. I, I, I don't know if it's a huge secret because she'll be on in two or three yeah. weeks anyway. Yeah. But uh, she's actually the vice president of research and development for Allegan Aesthetics. So that's a pretty interesting role. Yeah. So, um, but she also, she founded a, a conference called The Science of Aging. So amazing guests. I, I have to admit, I, I wasn't able to watch um, the conference, which was about a week ago, but I'm going to watch some of the replayed webinars. Yeah. There's some huge, huge guests like David Sinclair. So yeah. David, if you're listening, come on, come and give us an anti-aging podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, um, uh, well, obviously the conversation with Stephanie was great, but like, just in terms of um, how senior she is for how young she is, maybe makes me think that she knows more about what's happening in the anti-aging space and what she's letting on because she <laughs> doesn't look old enough to be in the position that she's in. She looks very, very young. Yeah, well, you can compliment her when she comes out. Yes, I will. Like I will. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious to know what your clinic network yeah. has been doing in in its preparations to open or, or in fact, has it not been able to be preparing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, as I said, there's been then a lot of false starts and, and moving goalposts. I mean, same thing as I guess everyone else in terms of just staying in contact with your clients. You know, we've attempted to rebook them a couple of a couple of times when you're sort of thinking about uh, dates that you're potentially going to be reopening. But as you sort of said, it it starts to become difficult, and just when you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients mm. that you have to do this with, it's it makes it a really time-consuming, frustrating process for everyone when you're continually having to do that. So in terms of preparation, just staying in contact um, as much as possible without wanting to encroach on people's personal space, um, just staying in contact with staff. Um, you know, it's as I said, like, I don't know. We're still, we're still eligible to pay rent. I don't yeah. even know what that's going to look like because we haven't been open. It, it's sort of, it's a real tough situation for businesses because I've, we've been closed down by no choice of our own, it's been a government mandated lockdown 
and yet there's still people pay, we're still having to pay rent. How's that? How's that going to work? I, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to come up with the money to pay rent when they've been forced to close their business. And I just don't know what that's going to look like. You know, there's been plenty of stories um, during the during the lockdown. Not in it, not, I haven't heard many in this industry, but certainly in the hospitality industry, like restaurants and so on, mm. that have been open for like decades that have just closed their doors because their landlord has demanded rent. They haven't been able to pay the rent, and yep. so they've had to close. And it's like, how? Like that's someone didn't think this through properly. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just like, how do you expect that to someone to be able to? It's not like that. I want to pay. They can't. They've been forced to not trade. So we we had this uh, discussion in a podcast with Bobak, uh, I think oh, yeah. during the first lockdown yeah. about a year mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of doom and gloom was predicted, yeah. and I, I don't know whether we fully saw yeah. it or whether it's still no. yet to come. But what what are your predictions? Don't know months down the line. It's, honestly, I think it all depends on um, people's mindsets and and how confident people are to spend money. As I said, that's the thing that the whole system is sort of held together by people's confidence to spend money. And in some ways, I think that, you know, because younger and younger generations and, you know, I'm young compared to some generations and old compared to others, but so I'm not casting any judgment on anyone, but I think certainly as, you know, in, in, in the recent few generations, we've becoming, we have become more and more affluent to a large extent. Life has become easier, more convenient in some, in some ways, stressful in in other ways. I I acknowledge that. So I think that um, people, you know, haven't experienced world wars, they haven't experienced depressions, they haven't experienced anything significantly horrendous in their lifetime where they have that conservative um, nature about them, which I think only comes as a result of going through hardship. Yeah. So yeah. in some ways, that the absence of that has meant that people just keep spending money. They're happy to live for today because they haven't had to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has never been an uncertainty. Mm. And in some ways, that's a good thing. Because people, the more that people get out there and continue to to spend, it keeps the economy economy moving and ticking over. So confidence has a really, a really big part to play in that. So I think it's going to come down to how good our political leaders are at instilling confidence and making sensible decisions. You know, the media have always got a lot to um, be responsible for when it comes to what messages they're putting out there. Unfortunately, all media across the world they focus on negativity because negativity is what sells. I mean, you turn on the news and when do you see a positive story? You might see, you know, a cat getting rescued out of a tree as like a, you know, a segue at the end of, you know, as a little positive story or something, but really it's what's going wrong in the world and who's it happening to and why is it happening and who's to blame for it? You know, those are generally what we hear about. So those sorts, so if if the media perpetuate this negativity and it's all doom and gloom, then in some ways it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think... I don't know if that answers the question or not. Yeah, look, well, yeah. I, I think you're saying you don't know. And yeah, I don't think basically. Know. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is just a snapshot of, of my own experience. But yeah. people are desperate to, to feel normal. And what yeah. I mean, mean by that is have a haircut and, yeah. yes, get their toxin and their filler. Um, it's a very powerful thing to want to sort of feel special or, or yeah. good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've mentioned, well, several of our guests have mentioned how they feel that our industry is recession-proof. I, I really hope it is. Um, but, but, but I do strongly feel that, you know, our, our patients will come back. They'll, they'll budget for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't spend as big as they did. Who knows? But they will come regularly still, I think. Yeah. 
Well, I, I may, maybe recession proof is is a little bit strong. Maybe re- recession resistant because at some stage, if things yeah. get bad enough and people that don't have the money, then it's not really a choice anymore. It's either you know people have got to choose between food and and uh, toxin. You know, probably they're yeah. going to choose food. Maybe. Um, so I think that um, yeah, it's going to be. I'm positive. I'm positive, and I, and I think especially in our industry. You know, people, as you said, want to, want to feel good, and there's going to still be a delay in borders opening up in very even in states in Australia potentially, let alone overseas for just you know recreational holidays and so on. I mean, I know there's still people travelling for exceptional circumstances and potentially business exemptions and whatnot. But you know, the, the the days of just packing up the family and going on an overseas trip for you know three or four weeks is probably not in the near future for most Australians, probably. So. Are they going to spend more money on themselves like they did last time? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, that, that that's the the one huge different factor is that last year people really didn't have anything to spend money on apart yeah. from themselves and you know home improvement or whatever. Whereas this year, um, you know, I don't know if you're sort of from Australia or not when you're listening, but there's this weird sort of scenario where we might be flying to London before we can fly within our states. It's yeah. just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's looking like it might happen. And that's just kind of a quirk of how COVID is sort of spread or not spread within the country. Um, so, yeah, so those people who do suddenly decide to go on their European holiday again, well, will they spend on their aesthetics? Who knows? I don't know. I think yeah. they will. Yeah. But that, that, that's quite different to last year where we just saw this tidal wave of people coming. Yeah. Oh no, and, and human psychology is an interesting thing too. You know, sitting at home for three months and not being able to get your treatments, looking at yourself every day on Zoom, you know, spending more time at home in in, your, in front of your mirror. You're not in the rush to get to work, so all these little things start to sort of build up in your psyche around you know your appearance and how you should look. And you know, some people maybe have forgotten how they look. Without, Do you know what? It's, it's all the funny. I, I, I've never thought about it until you just mentioned it. So yes, last year we had the whole Zoom boom where everyone was so in tune with how they look and maybe weren't happy. I'm actually pretty happy now because we Zoom so often that I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Whereas at the start, you were like, oh my God, you know, my face is so this and that and geez, I need to do this. But, you know, I think the more you Zoom, actually the more comfortable you do become with yourself because, you know, that's real life. Yeah. Well, you just, you're not used to it. I mean, you you know, you look at yourself in a mirror and you're looking, you know, you're posing in a certain way. You're not sort of standing in the mirror watching yourself talk from from a weird angle, which is, I think, was a bit confronting for the first period of time because you're just not used to it. Yeah. I sort of joked, but 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 it would be a really useful thing if, if every injector did an initial 10, 15 minute Zoom with their patient before they met them. Yeah. And then that patient would be way more in tune with the things that are going to come up when you talk about them in your clinic yeah. because they'll just be in tune with it. They can see their, you know, their face in expression and, and being yeah. more dynamic. Assuming they don't have one of those special sexy filters on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough. So I think um, that's probably comes to the end of our little wrap-up yeah. lockdown. It's good. it's good to just catch up and have a chat and just talk you and I and... Um, yeah, we don't get to do it often. Not no. not, not recorded anyway. We have plenty of uh, telephone dis- discussions. Well, uh, you know, just some insight again from some of the feedback we we got. Some people really felt that David and I should do more of these sort of, you know, solo sort of recaps or our own personal insights. Personally, I didn't think that there would be hugely sort of 
relevant. Well, not relevant, but I just thought that people would want to hear from you know some of the bigger hitting guests. So let us know. Yeah. Um, if you can't be bothered to do um, our survey, which to be honest is quite in depth, it might take you ten minutes. Just drop us a DM. Just say, hey guys, um, you know this is my favorite episode. This is my worst episode, and this is who I want to come on. Just those three things. Yeah. That really help us sort of steer things in a way that's more relevant for you. And so you you know you want to tune into more episodes. Yeah. No, look, we know we're really proud of the community that we've created, and you know um, we've got a lot of really passionate, um, hardcore listeners that um, always give us good feedback. And if we can just grow that even further and create an even bigger community and, you know, let us um, get the information that you want to hear. Like, tell us, tell us what you want. Tell us how we can, you know, improve what we're doing and, you know, and help us grow it. You know, share, if you like the podcast, share it, share it with a friend or a family member. And if you don't, tell us why you don't like it and what we can do to make it better. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we want to have the discussions that we want to have, but we realize that, you know, Jake and I can do that on our own. We don't need to do a podcast to do that. So it really is all about you guys and what it is that you want to listen to. So um, stay in touch and don't be afraid to reach out and, and sort of share your opinions and your thoughts and and ideas because we certainly yeah. have all the answers. I mean, Miranda, again, just to sort of... Um, shout her out I guess she, when I was talking to her about a bit of strategy for what we can do she she said who is your dream listener and it's right you know if we know that our dream listener is an injector or assuming you guys are injectors um tell us what are your pain points what are your friction points what are the things that you don't understand about your industry what are the things that are really kind of bugging you or making you anxious or you know, what just products do you not understand and do you want us to go on a deep dive in? So the more feedback like that we get, then David and I aren't sort of plucking topics out of the sky thinking, well, that would be good because sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can you can definitely see it in, in the stats, the ones that really resonate with people. And sometimes it's been ones that we hadn't thought that would and some of the ones we thought that would didn't. So it's like this goes to show how much we know. 100%. So when are you planning on opening what's uh, was it the 11th was it the 11th i think it's the 11th 11th or yeah. 17th of october um, something like that god we're gonna we regret this because this this podcast comes out in four days it's the 27th of september when we're recording this mm-hmm. so I, I still think the trajectory looks like it is going to be the 11th but who knows we'll see we'll see if, if gladys keeps the word no, it's interesting <laughs> uh, every day i've been supporting a coffee shop i'll go there every day after i drop the kids off and yeah have a chat with the guys and it's interesting that the restaurant and pub industry is is probably one of the most well connected with government and, yeah. and they can lobby and get information mm-hmm. and at one point he was even saying the week before wow so, wow that that seems super early but yeah today he said the 11th so i'm going with the 11th okay. let's do it <laughs> um so yeah so good luck everyone wherever you are in the world thank you for supporting us uh, yep. we really truly do appreciate it um, we'll have some cool stuff coming when we do reopen and try and work um, with some different brands, talk about different products. Um, you know, obviously injectable topics will drill down in a little bit more specifically and um, wish you well. Yeah. All the best guys. Thanks for listening. All of your um, support and, and well wishes and thoughts over this has been quite a few messages that have come through. So thank you. And we look forward to pumping out even greater content post lockdown. Awesome. Take care, buddy. Thanks Thank uh, for our little solo. It's nice yeah. to nice to do these every half yearly. For sure. For <laughs> sure we'll buddy. do another one soon. Take care, mate. See you. Take care. Bye. Bye. For our latest news, upcoming guests, and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. 
Using the link in our Instagram profile, you can easily email us, text us, apply to be a guest on the show, follow our personal accounts on Instagram, and even show your love and support us on Patreon. 